Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Berean Bible Church podcast. This is the fourth and final message from our Unseen Wars series. This message comes from our Green Campus and from our Green Campus director, Ron Miller. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Berean. So, so glad you're here this morning. I want to welcome those joining us online. Uh, thank you for being here as well. Uh, we are continuing in the series Unseen War. And in that video, that crash of lightning just startled me. But uh, uh, we're continuing in this series, and we've, we've kind of pulled back the curtains and looked at some things behind the scenes. Looked at God's enemies, the enemies of God's people, as well as their allies. Looked at that last week. Uh, today we're going we're gonna to look a little further and look at our role in the battle, our role in the war, and consider that as well. Uh, I do have the clicker. There it is. Sorry about that. Sometimes I think we, we tend to get stuck on the physical battles. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in all that's going on around us. And, and just driving in this morning, hearing two political figures argue back and forth. Uh, hearing about what's going on throughout the world. The, the tension within our own cities here in America, within our own families, the difficulties, the, the, the struggles, the battles, uh, what's going on overseas with the destruction and death, the mass killing, the, uh, the one nation trying to destroy another a nation, power and pride and things that exalt people and push against each other. And, and so we see the physical battles. And we don't want to downplay any of that. But in this series, we've looked at some of the forces that go behind the physical battles. There's more to it than what meets the eye. And, and it's easy to get stuck on the physical. This morning, uh, we're, we're actually going to end our time in prayer this morning for Ukraine. And I think it's very important that we recognize the physical battle that they're involved in right now. Uh, but we are also involved in a battle that goes beyond the physical. And so I don't want to get stuck on just what we see. But to remember, there are enemies behind it, and we're going to continue to look at that this morning. Our role. What's our role in this battle? Paul wrote this in 2 Timothy. He said, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Paul makes an analogy here, doesn't he? And so maybe you're saying, well, I'm, I'm not a soldier. That, that doesn't relate to me. I can't, I can't picture that. And so Paul, Paul makes this analogy and says, there's more than just soldiers in physical armies. We have national armies. We have the United States Army. Not all of us have been soldiers in the United States Army. Paul is saying, you're like a soldier if you're a follower of Christ. And you're not just like a physical soldier, you are a soldier in a bigger battle, in a spiritual battle. And that's where we're at. He goes on to say, if we're, if we're going to win, if we're going to be successful, we can't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. And just like a soldier, we've got to have our right focus, see the right enemy, see the right battle, and not get taken off track. And that's what we've tried to do in this series. Pull back the curtain so we see the real enemy, so we see the real battle. And maybe you're a Christian, you're saying, you know, I've been a believer for a long time. 
And I started out young and I've matured and I've grown out of the spiritual battle. I don't have to worry about temptation anymore. Anybody in that boat? I'm, I'm going to tell you that we don't grow out of it, right? We, we're always going to have to engage in this spiritual battle. We don't get to the point where we can say it's all over. A couple examples. Jesus. God. He fought with temptation. Fought with temptation. Very beginning of his ministry, all the way through at the very end, he's fighting temptation. We're not going to grow out of it. The Apostle Paul, he wrote more of the New Testament possibly than anybody else, and yet he fought with spiritual battles. And he mentions that a number of times throughout, throughout his writings about having to resist spiritual forces that were coming at him. We're not going to grow out of the, the spiritual battles. And we can expect attacks. I believe actually as we grow stronger in Christ, as we mature, we're going to get more attacks. Because as we become more effective, we're a bigger target for the opposition, for Satan. And so we need to be careful not to minimize the battle uh, and engage in it. In our series, then, we've tried to shine light on that perspective. And my question for today is, so how do we succeed? If we're a soldier in the battle, we've kind of looked at the, the evil forces, the, the spiritual unseen forces. Now we're going to look at some physical sources, us. Where do we fit in? How do we succeed as a good soldier? And as I was growing up, I was the child that was uh, driven. Some of you might be type A personality, want to succeed. I was that kid. I always wanted to succeed. No matter what I did, I wanted to do well. Uh, My wife laughs about when I was in college, and I really, I really, I was struggling when I got my first A minus. It was a really bad time for me. And that sounds silly now to me. It sounds silly to me too, but I was the one that wanted to succeed. I enjoyed playing sports. I had a chance to play some organized sports. My favorite sport was football. Anybody like football? A few people. Maybe you've played football. I got into high school and I, I had played uh, pickup games my whole life. Really enjoyed, loved the game, knew a lot about the game, watched the game. Um, but my parents were not interested in me playing the game. And so I shifted over and said, well, I can play soccer because, of course, soccer's really safe. And, and so I played, I played soccer, but I had to learn soccer. And as a driven kid, I came into that saying, what do I need to know to succeed? What do I need to learn about this game? What skills do I need to develop? Because it's brand new to me. One thing I learned very quick in sports was, if you don't feel the team, you don't win. If we all stayed on the bench... We weren't going to win the game. And I believe it's the same in, phys- in uh, spiritual battles as well. You can't succeed if you don't stand. If we don't engage in the battle, we're not going to win the battles. And so we're going to look at that today. How do we succeed? How do we stand? How do we engage in spiritual warfare? If you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to look at Ephesians 6 this morning, and in the chair Bibles, it's page, uh, page 945 to 946, and we're going to be diving into this passage together. I'd encourage you, if you don't have a Bible or if you need an easy-to-read Bible, feel free to take uh, this as our gift. 
And we're going to look at this passage and just look at the idea, how do we succeed? What's our role as God's children in this spiritual battle? So take a look at Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10. Paul says here, a final word. And so I've, I've got to say, well, what, it, what is it a final of? Paul began the book of Ephesians, kind of the first three chapters, really talking about what it means to be a child of Christ, a child of God. What does it mean to be a believer, an effective believer, a, a committed believer? And then he goes into shifting into how do we live that out and, and spends the second half of the book talking about how do we live out our life in Christ rolls that up in the church. How do we effectively live as, as people in the church? And here he's coming to the end of the book and he says, a final word, let me tell you how this, let, let's dive into some specifics on how we can live in a, as an effective believer in a world of spiritual warfare. And we're going to jump into to verse 10. So a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Very first verse, very first command, be strong, be strong. And, and that does, Paul's not saying go to the gym and build your muscles. Uh, that might be good. It's, it's good to exercise and be healthy. It's very important. Uh, but that's not what he's saying here. He's, also, he's not saying uh, hit the books, go to the library, read as much as you can, be very knowledgeable and be strong in your mind. Again, that's not, not what he's saying. He's not even saying do a lot of good things, become the best you can be. He's saying be strong in a spiritual way. This is a spiritual battle. Be strong in God's might, in God's strength. Look at the next verse. One command comes right into a second command. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to, what's the purpose? To stand, to stand firm. Paul's saying, put on the armor, recognize who you are in God, and we'll see that as we go on. Uh, and, and that will give you the option or the ability to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil, some some. Uh, translations say schemes. It's all of his attacks. How does he do it? What does he do? You can stand against it uh, as you stand in God's armor. In verse 12, Paul goes on, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. In, in very short summary, we are fighting a spiritual war. We're not just fighting physical battles. They come out of an unseen war, spiritual battles. And so Paul encourages us, here's, here's, how, you, here's how you engage in a spiritual war. Here's how we need to fight. Since it's a spiritual fight, we need to fight in a spiritual way. Since it's a spiritual fight, we need to fight with spiritual protection. And that brings us into what we're looking at today. It's, it's a real war, but it's a spiritual war. We may see the military side of things, and Paul relates to that language all the way through this passage. But it's a real spiritual war. It's a real fight. And if we're going to engage, we need to engage in a spiritual way. Uh, this, this whole book is coming out of a perspective of the church. And if you read and, and study the book of Ephesians, you're going to see a lot about what it means to be an effective church. 
And I, as, I, as I looked for pictures, it just impressed me that almost all the pictures I could find of, of military was in a group. And we are not in this battle alone. We're, we're not alone because God's with us. We're, we're not alone because the angels are all around us. And if we could see what was going on, we'd be amazed. But we're not alone anyway. Look at all the people right here in this room. Look at the churches throughout our country. We're, we're together. We're in the battle with a team. And, uh, and we need to fight this battle in a spiritual way. The goal is to stand firm. And as Paul goes through this, this chapter, through this passage, the goal is to stand firm, to stand firm together, to stand firm. And what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, I think we can get sidetracked and think of it as a, well, let me take my political stand. That's not what Paul's talking about. Maybe we, we take our theological stand and we're going to stand here and we're not going to move anywhere and, and, and this, is the, this is the stone I die on, right? Take our theological stand or our political stand or maybe it's a conviction that I hold. And Paul's not, that's not what this stand is. This stand is a relational stand. This is a stand of our will. This is saying, I am going to stand in my relationship with God. And I'm going to give him my will, and he has authority. And what's the contrary choice? Maybe to give authority to Satan, to give the authority to his team, to fall in the the face of temptation. That's the stand here, to stand for God and with God, rather than to give over to the forces against us. Paul goes on and he describes what it's necessary to take that stand. That's spiritual armor. If you look in those verses with me, verse 13, Paul says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy. So you can take that stand. It says, Resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from God's good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as a helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul goes on to another weapon I think is important to remember, and that is pray in the Spirit at all times. And on every occasion, stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. That the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Think about what Paul just prayed. He's in persecution and he says, pray for me. Not that I I win and get out of the persecution. I mean, that's the physical win we might think of. But he says, instead, pray that I would stand strong, that I could speak the truth of God's word, that I could reach people for Christ. That's his prayer. And I think we can all pray that same prayer for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul, in this passage, 
he, he summarizes. I'm just going to summarize. Paul starts out by challenging us to be strong. Now, not in, not in physical might, but in God's might. Challenges us to, to be strong. He challenges us to stand firm against the schemes of the devil, against his strategies. He then goes on to talk about the protection we need in that process. And at the end, he challenges us to uh, use the weapons, the Bible and prayer. He, he then goes on to say, uh, pray for those in your team. <laughs> pray for the people all over the world that are joining you in that fight. And we're called to step up and to stand firm. So what is success in the battle? We looked at this verse earlier in our series, didn't we? Revelation chapter 12. And this again talks about our success. Paul in Ephesians 6, stand firm. Resist the devil, stand firm. In Revelation 12 it says, and they have defeated him. Past tense, completed, as good as done. They have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb, and by their testimony. How do we win? Well, the war is over. Why? Because Jesus won. Jesus paid for our sins. He conquered the grave. And we win because we stand in him. We can't win in our own might. We can't win in our own strength. We can't be spiritually stronger than than Satan's powers and therefore win all on our own. No, we win because Jesus won. The blood of the Lamb, He paid for our sin. And, and then, how do we win? By their testimony. By their testimony. As we accept Christ as our Savior, and as we stand in His truth, and as we live that truth out, and as we live the reality of our faith, Satan loses. We win. And so we have the, the accomplishment of the war. The blood of Christ has paid for our sin. He conquered death. He overcame the grave, and then we win daily battles in our testimonies. We live out the reality of our faith. And Paul talks about that in Ephesians 6, that we would stand up in God's protection to fight those daily battles, to win. Because Satan fails as we stand in God's protection. What's that success in spiritual battles. It's that we would stand in God's protection. When I was playing soccer, the, the, the point was to win the game, right? Anybody like to lose? I don't. We like to win. We want to win the game. And to do that, you've got to get more points than the other team. You've got to accomplish more goals. And so overall, for our team, the goal was score the most goals. Uh, but I was a defender, so I didn't usually get to score goals. So what was my win? My win was to keep the other team from scoring anything. And, and that's kind of how you play a lot of different sports. You're either trying to keep the other team from scoring, or you're trying to put more points on the board. What if spiritual battle is different? What, what if it doesn't mean scoring a lot of hits on Satan? What if it doesn't mean to take Satan down? What if it doesn't mean to go head-to-head with a demon and, and, and knock him out? What if it doesn't mean to put the most points on the board? What if instead it's different? It's a mindset of faith. Now, what if it is 
the idea of resisting. In this passage, Paul said in verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, not so that you'll knock Satan out. He says, so that you'll be able to resist the enemy. What if spiritual success is a little different? In the book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, he says this, he says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Not take him out, resist him. Stand firm on the truth. Stand in your faith. Stand in your relationship with God and resist. What if the spiritual battle's different? What if success isn't winning the cultural war? Or, or winning the political war? What if it's not even conquering our region for Jesus? What if it's us willing to live out our faith each and every day? And if we do that, I do believe those things matter, right? As we live out our faith, we're, we're going to affect the culture around us. As we live out our faith, we're going to affect the people around us. We're going to reach more for Christ. As we live our faith, we're going to affect the politics of our country. But we can't do any of that if we focus on the wrong battle. How many political battles have been lost while churches didn't stand on the truth? What matters most is our relationship with God to stand firm because Satan fails as we stand in God's protection. And so in, in Ephesians 6, we're called to take the field, to stand up, to go engage in the battle. How? In God's strength. In his strength. Praying. In that constant communication with God. Asking for his strength. Asking for his power. Not to fall in the, in the day of temptation. Not to fall when the, when the difficulties of our life come in. Not to be lost in discouragement or anxiety or fear. But to stand strong because we stand in God's, God's strength. In our relationship with him. Remember Revelation 12. Mission accomplished. Christ won. He won. So we can win the daily battle. We can stand strong with him. And Paul in Ephesians 6 uses some imagery to picture what it takes to stand, what we should rely on. And so for Paul, the imagery looked like this. The Roman army, the, the strongest and most fierce fighting force of his day. And so he dives in and he looks at that armor piece by piece by piece to give the imagery to illustrate the truth of, of God's protection. And so I want to look back at, at those things that Paul mentions as the spiritual armor. And we're going to look at those. But maybe to us, maybe this is a little more relatable. It's what we see around us. The, the imagery is the same. And it's one of God's protection. The whole picture, the whole armor together is one of God's, God's protection. Take a look back at Ephesians chapter, chapter 6. Paul goes through these. Remember, the point is to stand firm. To stand our ground. And so therefore, put on the whole armor of God, Paul says. And, and he goes through this armor. He begins with the belt. And the idea of the belt in the, in the Roman context was a, 
a belt that kind of hold all the pieces together. It, it held the armor together, top and bottom. Today, maybe the belt is, holds the communication device or holds the ammunition, maybe holds some weapons. But in, in either way, a belt is necessary and, and an essential part of uh, the, the overall safety of the officer, of the soldier. Paul says it's the belt of truth. Put on the belt of truth. Truth. That kind of pulls the picture together, doesn't it? It keeps us focused on having the clarity of knowing what is true and what is false. What is right and what is wrong. Who God really is and who we are in Him. It puts things in perspective. But one of Satan's strategies is to use half-truths. To misquote Scripture. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve. All the way to Jesus in, the, in his temptations. Satan will misquote Scripture. He will misuse Scripture. He will, he will abuse truth. He will twist it. And if we know truth. If we know what is right. Then we can defend against Satan's attack. We won't fall when he brings in a partial truth. We won't. We won't fall when he tries to get us to compromise. And that's one of his strategies to, to get us to say, you know, that's, that's not so bad. Or what I did there wasn't really as bad as what this person did over here. And we start to rationalize. But if we keep our minds set on what is true, we won't fall down that road. We'll stand for what is right. When we fall, we'll go to God in confession and, and prayer and repentance and, and we'll start again anew in God's forgiveness. We won't fall when Satan twists the truth. Paul goes on to say and, and take up the, uh, the body armor, the body armor of God's righteousness. And maybe some of your translations say breastplate. For, for a uh, Roman soldier, it was a breastplate. It was the idea of this metal plate that covered the vital organs. Today, it's a Kevlar vest, but it protects the, uh, the vital organs. The importance there is protection. And what does Paul say the protection is? Righteousness. And I don't believe that means us being perfect. I'm not there. So I guess I'm protectionless. How about you? Anyone reached the, the point of perfection in righteousness? I'm glad I don't see any hands. We don't stand in our own perfection, do we? We stand in Christ's protection. In his righteousness. And I believe that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. We are protected, vitally protected by Christ's righteousness. One day when we stand before God in heaven, we don't stand in our own good works. We stand in his righteousness. Our body is covered, protected by Jesus' righteousness. And so when we're under attack by, by Satan, one of the strategies he, he'll, he'll use is when we fail, He'll get us to, to think about things like, well, look what you just did. Look how bad you really are. Uh, you're, you're not so good after all. Who do you think you are? Remember who you are. We are righteous because Christ is righteous. We are saved. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are valued. Remember who we are. And as we remember that, and we remember that we don't stand in our own righteousness, we stand in Christ's righteousness, we stand, we succeed, we have the motivation to continue, and we can have the confidence to stand up.
How about the shoes? Paul goes on and says, for shoes put on peace that comes from the good news. And again, peace gives us certainty of our relationship with God. It's that peace with God, that that relationship that once we were far apart, but because of what Christ has done, we've been brought together and we have peace with God. For a soldier, good footwear was essential. You couldn't march a long, long distance and get up and fight and be effective if your feet were torn up. It would destroy your effectiveness. Same with the Roman army, same today. You need good footwear. And if we're going to go the distance, if we're going to have endurance to stand up for Christ, to stand in our relationship with God, we do so because we know we have a relationship with him. We know that ultimately his arms are around us, that we are his kids, we're in his family, that we're not alone, that we're together. See, Satan will try to get us to to think things like, well, you don't deserve God's love. God, God may be in, in a difficult circumstance of your life. You see, when we fail, he'll say, you don't deserve it. In a difficult circumstance, he may say, you can't even trust God. But if we have peace to know we have a relationship with God and we're going closer in that relationship with God, we can go the distance and endure for him. Paul goes on and says, hold up the shield of faith, hold it up. In our faith, in our salvation, we have protection. And, and Paul says, hold that, that shield up. And in a Roman army, they'd create a shield wall to protect against the arrows from the enemy. Sometimes those arrows would be fiery arrows. They'd splatter fire all over the place. But the shield wall would protect. And as we stand in our faith, we can have protection because we know about our salvation. Because we know that we're secure in Christ. That we know that we we aren't relying on ourselves or our works or our possessions. Satan will try to get us to think that. He'll want us to, to pursue wealth as our security, to pursue more things as our security, to, to pursue works and religion as our security. But it's our salvation that gives us certainty and security. And if we hold that up, we can stand against any dart he throws. And Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation to remember who we are in God. And I, and I believe that, that again, it protects against discouragement, anxiety, hopelessness, depression. Why? Because we can see our value not in our failure, not in our struggle. Not in our circumstance, but our value in our salvation, our value in God. And we can see ourselves in his hands, in his love, and we feel secure there. And Paul goes on in this passage and says, take up the sword of the spirit. And a soldier needs a weapon. A soldier needs a weapon. So I, I brought one. I brought one. So Paul says, take up the sword of the spirit. And... Uh, it's a nice sword. Uh, I thank Pastor Steve for loaning me his sword. Uh, but as a, as, a, as a soldier, you need a weapon. And so I didn't, I didn't have an M16. I couldn't bring that along. Um, but God doesn't leave us to fight the spiritual battle without a weapon. And this can be defensive. It can also be offensive. It's the opportunity to say, whatever Satan throws at me, I can knock down. 
Often today, we don't have a shield wall the same as before. You have suppressive fire, you have anti-aircraft, you have uh, a number of different weapons that you can knock down the foreign weapon coming at you. Well, in Paul's day, it was a sword. And we can defend. If we know God's word, we can defend against false truth. We can defend against partial truth. We can defend against twisted truth by knowing the truth. And then it's the offensive weapon. Because as we learn more about God's word, he has less influence in our life. We take on his kingdom. As we share God's word with other people, and we bring them in as more Jesus followers, he loses influence. He loses parts of his kingdom. And this weapon, God's word, helps us take over the ground that Satan thinks he has. Maybe it's in our life, getting rid of an area of temptation, standing up to a false truth, standing up to a compromise. Maybe it's by taking God's word and the gospel to someone else and seeing them get saved and come out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, and we win. And so we have the opportunity not just to defend, but to go on the offensive. And where do we get our certainty and our motivation? Because we know who we are in Christ. And Paul goes on and he gives prayer as another weapon. Because prayer is our communication. And as a soldier, you need a communication with your officer. You got to know the battle plan. You got to know the next step. And every day we can be subject to attack. And every day we have the opportunity to stand or to fall. But we need to be in constant communication with God in whom our strength is. Because as we stand, Satan fails. And so what's this armor? I believe overall it is a perspective that knows who we truly are in Jesus and resist temptation, stand up against Satan's attack because we stand in God's strength. We are covered by his righteousness. We have the security of his salvation. We don't have to listen to Satan's twisted lies. And we can stand up and walk forward in his might. I want to just leave you with a couple key steps in this process. Key things to take away. Place your trust in God. If we're going to stand in God's might, we, we don't do it alone. And we can't do it without Jesus. In his name, there's power. In his kingdom, there's power. In him, we have the win. And so our protection is Christ's righteousness. Our security is our salvation. It starts with our trust in God. And it continues each day with our trust in God. If you've trusted in Christ as your Savior, if you're following Jesus, always remember who you are in God. Satan wants you to forget about that. He wants us to put down the weapon. He wants us to back down and sit down. But if we keep in the forefront of our mind who we are in Christ, we can walk forward in him. Learn and live God's word. God's word is our weapon. Without it, we lack the, the truth 
to stand for what is right. We lack the knowledge of who we are in Christ. Without God's word, we have no weapon. We have no defense. Learn and live God's word. Satan will want to tell us it's too hard to learn. And it's too impossible to live. But as we take one step at a time, learn a truth, live the truth. Learn a truth, live a truth. Take and share the truth. We take Satan's influence away step by step by step. We take people away from his influence as they learn and and accept the gospel. And then ask for God's strength. We should never try to stand in our own might. And so we need to be in constant communication with our God. The one in whom we stand. The strength in whom we stand. And so begin your day by asking for God's strength. By talking to him about who he is and who we are. Relate to him at the end of the day. Thank him for what he's done throughout the day. And keep that communication going all day long. We don't know when we'll be attacked. But we know that God is with us. And so we can begin our day with the Lord. And we can take each step of our day knowing that he's with us. He's there all the time to help us stand firm against the devil's attack. Jesus has won the war. And we can win the battle as we stand strong in God. Because as we stand, Satan fails. Remember this verse I read earlier. Pray in the Spirit at all times. On every occasion. Stay alert. We want you to be alert in this battle. We want you to see the truth in this battle. Not to be taken off track. Not to be taken away by the, the, the direction of this world, but alert in constant communication in the strength of God. And it says, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And I'd ask you to stand with me right now. And we're going to close. We're going to close in prayer. And I want to I pray that we would be strong in God's might, in His strength, and that we aren't alone in that fight. And I want to pray for those around our world that stand with us as God's followers. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. That Jesus came, that he conquered the grave, that he won, and that we win as we stand in him. Lord, I pray that you'd give us that vision every day that we don't get sidetracked and lost in the physical battles, but that we would dive into the spiritual war and that we'd stand in you. Lord, help us to get the enemy right. God, we know that there are believers throughout this world right now in the Middle East suffering persecution, in Europe without homes. Lord, we pray for those Ukrainian believers that may be away from home, may have lost everything, may have lost family, may have lost uh, those that have lost their lives. We just pray for the ones that are standing today that they would live their faith out. Today's the day to shine. Lord, if that, if that persecution comes here, may we stand and shine. God, I pray that you'd give each of us strength. 
I pray that you would give them what they need in Ukraine. That you would give them the strength, the mental strength, the mental ability, and the spiritual strength to stand up and to be a witness and a testimony and see that your kingdom expands and the Satan's kingdom <laughs> decreases. And God, help us each day to do the same thing in our life, that we'd get rid of, uh, we'd win and resist in temptation, that Satan would lose his influence, and that you would go forward in our personal walk and as we reach people for you in your name. Pray this in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' power, may we walk. Amen.